Hello and welcome to Coffee is for Closers. I'm your host, Tim Brigham, and today you're going to want to stay tuned. I've got somebody really, really cool in the studio that uh, prior to even starting the interview, we were we were just chatted up and I, I can't even tell you the cool things that this man shared with me. And, and uh, you know, I hope that you really get something out of this. Today, I have Craig Falico in the studio. Thanks, Tim. Craig, please introduce yourself for those who don't know who you are. I'm Craig Falico. I'm with Dreamtown Realty. My son, Nick, and I run Team Falico out of Dreamtown Realty. That's awesome. So tell me about you and your business, first off. So who are you? And, and you know, put some numbers behind it, I guess. Well, I, I started in 1981 as a broker. And the reason I got into real estate is because I'm also a 36-year teacher. I was. I retired. And I coached for 31 years. But back in the 80s, my first teaching salary was $9,200. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And uh, see, that's a contrary to popular belief. People think teachers make millions of dollars. <laughs> they know. But anyway, so, so I needed an income, right? Because I'm getting married and, you know, we know there's a, uh, you know, that 9,200 isn't going to cut it, right? And my dad was a realtor. So my son, Nick, is third generation realtor. Oh, that's so cool. So we had Falico Real Estate. Cool. So I was teaching, coaching, and selling real estate in 1981. That was when I started. And uh, so you could, it's fair to say you've seen some things. Seen some things. I probably helped about 7,000 people in real estate since that time, either buying, selling, renting, or, you know, even some light commercial, everything in between. And, uh, so I'm really uh, proud of that career so far, 42 years. But I'm very proud of my teaching career. That was 36 years and my coaching career of 31 years. So um, talk to me about the progression of your career. How did, 42 years is incredible. And for those that don't understand what we're talking about, mm -hmm. most people, they'll taste some success, right? And then they okay, I finally did it. I'm, and they almost want to relax, right? right? To stay successful for 42 years is, and I'm sure there were some, some, some trials in the beginning, but to get in it, taste some success and stay with it. And now I've built a team. That's remarkable. I think my success is based on the same things I've always done. Right. Um, I, I, I say yes to people who call me for help for all things. Right. So if I'm in real estate and someone calls and says, I need your help to find something to buy or need your help to sell my, but I say yes. Okay. So that's one thing. The other thing is, is I, I work at it. You know, I work every day. So for 42 years, I've worked seven days a week. It's not an exaggeration. That's what I do. And uh, when I, when I look at my, uh, the different times of the market that I was in, right. So in 81, there was a recession, depression. Rates were 18 to 20%. Uh, the only sales were owner finance sales. Uh, so, so I'm going to stop you. Expand on that for those that don't understand what you just said. What an owner finance yeah, is? Yeah, what is that? 18% rate. So, right? so I'm a buyer of a house. I don't want to pay 18, but I'm okay with paying 12 or 10. Okay? Sure, yeah. So I go to the seller and I say, listen, I'll give you 20% down. I'll pay 10 or 12%. And in two or three years, we'll balloon out and I'll refinance and I'll give you the rest of the money, which is great for a seller, right? So they get their price. Yeah. They get 20% down. They get another 
you know, 20, 30 grand on an average sales price at the time over those two or three years. And then they get the full amount of the mortgage because barely any was touched in two to three years. Right. If you look at an amortization schedule, front loaded, right? Yeah. So, uh, so it was a great thing to do, right? I would love to be the, the bank on every house I sell. Yeah. Could you right, imagine that? Right. Yeah. Right. But I don't have those resources, but, but it was a great time for me because it was a time where you really, uh, you always have to work hard, but it was a time where you really got a chance to help both parties in the transaction, right? Even though you represent one kind of, during that time, it was very good because you were really helping the seller if you had a buyer. Yeah. And you were really helping the buyer if you had a seller because they would own or finance. So everybody was really helping each other because it was such such a tough time. And you, you could know? problem solve a little bit differently yeah. than you could today. But that doesn't make it mean it was easy. It's probably a little bit more fragile, right? You had... Well, I, I would say that, you know, I mean, we talked about this earlier. If you love something, it it feels easy, right? Mm-hmm. A 60-hour work week is really easy, you know, to you because you're passionate about it, because you love it, right? Uh, and that's how I always felt. I never did anything I... I wouldn't like, wouldn't be passionate about. Like I got offers. I remember AT&T at the time um, asked, tried to make me uh, one of their executive vice presidents and they'd offer me, this was back in 88. They say, we'll give you $107,000 a year and you can, you know, be it. I said, well, I'm not, I'm not interested in that. That's not something I, I would like to do. And they go, you don't want the money? I says, no, I don't do, nothing I do is for the money. Teachers don't, if, they, if a teacher does it for the money, they're not good at their job. Yeah. Certainly coaches don't do it for the money. I, I was mean, gonna it, say, that's the coach in you, right? If your heart's not into it, you're not. Doing oh it. yeah, you're not gonna be successful. Yeah. So, so, so expand on that further. So you started with the, you know, you're in the eighties doing real estate and it probably shaped your work ethic, I would think, because how hard it was back then with the depression and all those things. It well, was you're going to you're going to love some of these stories. So I still farm. I still walk a block or two or three. I'll still hit a townhome or condo complex and introduce myself. So back in the 80s, what I loved to do and into the 90s was put on my Walkman. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. And, right. and, and especially during, you know, uh, NFL playoff season, even though it was cold. Yeah. And I would listen to the NFL games on my my AM radio, wow. you know, it was really cool. That's cool. Uh, certainly during college football, so I'm a football, I was yeah. a football coach and I, I love the, the sport too. Uh, but my primary sport was wrestling. We'll talk about that. But um, so I would put on my Walkman and walk, a blo- walk the blocks. And if anyone was out, I would take my Walkman off, introduce myself, hand them my card. Remember that? The card? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, we didn't have this digital and, anything. Right. Yeah. And and it was a great way to meet people and everything. And so, oh my gosh, I should send you a photo of this. I have an old Falico real estate magnet that is yellowed from a, a listing, a, a, a house we represented last year. Okay. And the reason the kids called me, because, you know, they're in their 50s or 60s, Stop is because their mom still had my magnet on the refrigerator. That's amazing. I got to show you a picture That's of it. That's amazing. It's up on my desk. I have a stand desk and the, the, the you know, the metal bars that hold it up, it's sitting right there. So I, I'm going to shoot I you a picture that. of that. I love Cause that. Because you got to put it in here somewhere. Yeah, you know? done. Yeah. Done and yeah, done. It, it's really great. So... So in 2018, I was in this round table uh, and uh, one, of the, one of the realtors said, 
yeah, this is a tough year. By the way, if you started in real estate after 2011, you don't know what a tough year is. This year is tough. But before that, we had great real estate in 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, all except two months, 21, right? Let's unpack that real quick because this show is designed, you know, for an audience of realtors and they hope to get value out of it. What you just said is so incredibly important that everybody thinks this is a hard market. This is not a hard market. No. This is just a market you need to work. Right. This is you need to do your job. Everybody thinks that, you know, oh, well, after the last two years, oh, look at what it is now. There's plenty of opportunity. When we're, you're, on, we're on pace to beat 2019. When when all of your properties are, are, when nobody qualifies, everybody's looking for a short sale, when there's foreclosures rampant, that's a hard market. Oh, that short sale market was awful. It was awful. And, and. More importantly, the stories. Yeah. You'd have to take calls from clients crying because they couldn't afford yeah. their home oh, yeah. and cement in the pipes and all oh, of those crazy oh, things. Oh, yeah, no, we no appli- fecal material on the floor. Yeah, yeah, it was a rough time. This is a market that probably serves you pretty well because you're not afraid to go into a market and, and drop off flyers, go shake somebody's hand, go hand out some cards. Yeah, I always tell my, my team or other agents around us, uh, Dreamtown is a great thing. It's a kind of an open office so you can... Yeah. share more. Um, and I say, sometimes you have to work twice as hard to make half as much, mm-hmm. right? That's That might be one of these times, you know? Uh, so you're not making a killing, but you're making a living, don't forget, right? Um, so in 2018, I'm in this round table and I, uh, one of the agents says, wow, I've never had to prospect before. And I go, what? your job description <laughs> is prospect and produce produce yeah. and prospect you have to do both all the time what do you think i was doing all last year all the yeah. year before all the year before yeah prospecting like i've never done done more mailers because i had more resources yeah so i even put out more out there to keep it going yeah um so so i i've been the same through all 42 years about this business right i help as many people as i can i work as hard as I possibly can. You're only in control of two things in your life, your attitude and your effort. Everything else is out of your control. So like I used to tell my students, get an A in both of those. Get an, I'll never remember your grade when I see you 20 years from now or 15. I'll remember you. Yeah. That deserves the utmost respect. I'll never remember your grade, but I'll remember your effort. I'll, yeah. I'll remember your work ethic. I'll yeah. remember what you did. Your attitude too. You're great. I'm not going to remember what I mean, you're an A student. I don't care. Or not. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I, right. I'm actually a teacher that always thought we should never have grades. If you learn enough of the material, you can move on. If you don't, you have to stay back again. You know, that's it. You know, that's awesome. attitude and effort is all that matters. But um, so I've always focused on attitude and effort. Uh, every year I make a vision board. Hmm. Uh, I have an affirmation card this year. It's a little booklet. And cause I believe in those things. You have to keep reminding yourself that, you know, your job is to help other people help as many people as you can and do it, you know, do it with maximum effort and with a great attitude. I always say this to people, you know, when you do those exercises, vision board affirmations, I say the same thing. I say, this is cheesy, but it's important. Because yeah. some people, they think, oh, well, this is just, I'm just going through the emotions. No, you're manifesting something. You're actually putting into the universe what it is that you're about and what you're going to do. And there, that's so important. Well, it's kind of worked for me for 42 years. <laughs> right, right. What's on your affirmation board now? 
Oh, it's a booklet. I can even pull it out of my car. It's in my car. But uh, I have a, a spiritual page. Very I have cool. a business page. Of course, I have a family page. You know, I have five children. My wife and I, we met in 1979. Wow. So, uh, she looks like my trophy wife. She looks like my second wife, but she's not. She is the original. So, I love what you said before we started. You said I, I invited you to the the casino, joking around because you you know we, we lucky. And you said I, I already won that a long time ago. I I, I got my wife. That, yeah, that's, I love that. I did. It says a lot about you. In that's 1979, awesome. I met her. I tell people I, I tell people I won the lotto in 1979. They go, you did. I go, yeah, that's when I met my wife. They go, oh, you know. I said, no, you don't understand. When you win that big, yeah, you must leave the table. Yeah, it's great, great. So, talk to talk to me about your coaching career, right? How has that served you well in real estate, and and where, where's the synergy between the two? Because it's got it's got to. Well, I, I'm so glad you asked that. We didn't even talk about that. So, how come Nick and I are ahead of 2019 numbers right now? We're a little behind. 21 and 22, but not much because we've spent these last 12 months now coaching, inspiring our buyers mm -hmm. who go and they bid and they lose, who go and they try to set an appointment. It's already gone. Who go, And they would easily give up. Yeah. And they would easily drop you too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And all Nick and I have done, because Nick is a division one scholarship athlete. He wrestled at Michigan state. Um, all we've done is, you know, motivate and inspire and enthuse our buyers. Love it. That whole time. So if you're not a teacher and a coach through this last run with your buyers, you don't know how to do that possibly, right? Yeah. And and that has been the secret to our success. This, you know, because everyone else is saying, how are you doing? How are you doing it? It's because we're, 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 we're relentless <laughs> with yeah. our motivation, you know? If you're setting the precedent right out the gate you know, and, and setting the expectations right out the gate on what this experience is going to be like. I love prepping clients when we get into the pre-approval process of like, listen, this is going to be weird. Okay. It's like a test on yourself. I'm going to ask you questions. Oh yeah. You may not know the answer. What to color it. were your fingernails in right. 19, whatever. Yeah. Just know that buying a house is a lot different than buying. It's going to be different than anything else you've ever done. So when you, and I find that when you set it up correctly, it makes out the rest of the conversations easy. It's that later when they're like, oh, this is weird. And you didn't set that expectation of this is what we're going to be going up against. If you're not coaching, if you're not a therapist at times, that's right. That's you're going to run into some challenges because this is, this is a hard business. Very right? tough. Very tough. You know, actually I'm going to put this out there too. All of the realtors who are new, mm -hmm. I would say it's hard. This is the hardest I've ever seen to be a new broker. Here's why. You're not going to get listings when you're new. Yeah. Right? Right. Because people aren't going to give you their house to sell if you're brand new. Yeah. They want someone with experience and everything. Um, so all you have are buyers. Yeah. And buyers have gotten beat up badly over the last year and a half, for sure, if mm -hmm. not more. Mm -hmm. And and so now you're out showing properties, like lots of them. You're writing contracts, and, and you're not making a dime. Not one of these are coming together, not one of these are closing. You might have one closing every six or four months, which is you, you can't survive that way. So if you're a new broker, I would say that this time is as hard as any. This time is just as hard, if not harder than the seven, eight, nine, and 10 time, just as hard, if not harder than the 80, 81, 82, 83 time. This is a very tough time to be a new broker. On the flip side of that, the experienced, excellent brokers are doing unbelievably well. 
Agreed. So like if there's a hundred houses to sell, I sell 80 and that leaves 20 <laughs> for everybody else. This is what is happening right now. Um, if you're going to ask me if I'm going to start sharing all of that, all I can tell you is I'd be happy to, except when my client calls me, they want me to do the job. Right. It, I can't even, so someone says, why don't you start giving all your clients to your team? You're, you're working really hard. You're working many hours. It says, they didn't call my team members. They called me, you know, and so I'm going to do the job for them or there's, my son. There's something know? to be said for that. You know, we interviewed Matt on the show and uh, Matt Larcy, he's, he's a great guy. Um, and he was, he was very candid about his team. And he, he talked about, you know, so he noticed some brokers that'll build out these big giant teams thinking that that's just going to lead to success. And I think the way you just put that together is, is really important that just because you have a team doesn't mean your client's going to be happy when you're like, oh, hey, yeah, thanks for calling me. Let me give you to Steve. Right. And you go, I called you because I want. I want Michael Jordan. I want you to dunk the ball. Well, I don't, the thing how they feel too. Let me, you know, yeah. oh, this is a really good person. The way, what, you're, I'm not good enough for you right. or right. or you you're, don't have time too, for too, me. You're too busy. Right? Right. Yeah. Right. We had 19 people on our team in May of 21. And we had, we got rid of 11. And we were talking about this because uh, I didn't feel I could do the job for them. Right. I didn't feel like I could give wow. them my best stuff. I didn't feel like I could be their coach, their mentor their teacher, uh, because I, I have my own clients, right? And I have my own job. I, I work, I, I outproduce everyone on my team. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying. Lead by example. You know, yeah, yeah, I outproduce everyone at the company right now. I, I'm not trying. I'm not doing anything different. I'm just going for it, you know? Um, and, and so we went down to a very small team now. So we have a, we have a total of, of four full-time brokers and four part-time brokers, that's our team. Uh, some of those full-time brokers are also my showing agents, mine and Nick's showing agent, because we've already had over 100 listings this year. Wow. And we we, we wanna be at our showings for our listings. We, we told our clients, that's why you hired us, is because we're gonna also sell it. Right, right. right. Um, and, and so we have showing agents, but I still try to go to all of my showings. If I can't, that's when I call my showing agent. So going into a day, they may not have any appointments. And by 1030, they have four and I have six, mm. you know, something like that. So that's what we did with our team. So going further into the coaching side of it, how has that helped you with real estate? I mean, is there, is there a, uh, have you taken some of those things you learned as, well, as a coach? Here, and bring I mean, I was a wrestling coach. Yeah. Yeah. Pick yourself up off the mat is more than a metaphor for our family, right? Love it. We had to do it. Yeah, We actually had to pick ourselves up off the mat. The greatest thing you can teach your kids is resiliency. It's the greatest thing you can teach yourself over and over, you know? Uh, so after, you know, as, as it like how many, I had this one, I had a buyer for five and a half years one time. That's the record. Wow. Five and a half years. Wow. And every single time we wrote and every single time I showed him, I was pumped right excited this is the one this is we great got it. let's go ah. yeah um also a thing i'm doing now with all my buyers who they write a contract and they it doesn't go i, I say i'm very proud of the contract we wrote you should be too it had this much down it a great price it, this you know it was, i don't think i've ever heard that before that's amazing yeah, it's a I'm great very proud of the offer that we yeah, made yeah we did a great job yeah 
you know, that we just got beat. Yeah. You know, that's all we can do is our best, right? My son has tattooed on him, on his back, D-Y-B-L-T-R. Do your best, leave the rest. Hmm. It's out of your control. All you can do, attitude and effort, you know? And so I, 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 I tell all my buyers that are, if they're, you know, if they miss out or anything, I just say, great job, on to the next. And now I'm excited because the inventory is more than doubled in the last month and a half. So like now my buyers like have three or four or five or six to look at instead of one that are already sold. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 And it's, it's, it, this market is so interesting you, when you, when you, when you ignore the media and you look at the data, right, of what's actually happening, that's why a, you know, a licensed professional is so important to have, you know, oh, in, yeah. in, 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 because you can't interpret what CNBC is telling you. Dan Olick's out there saying stuff that you go, <clears throat> no, what? You know, and versus when you talk to somebody like you or I, what you just said is so important because that happened yesterday, not 30 yeah. days ago when they created that article yeah. or whatever. Like you need somebody who's got who's got a hand on the pulse and knows exactly what's going on and can actually read the market for you properly. For all of us brokers, our economy is hyper local, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking like a city broker doesn't even know anything about my Park Ridge, Northwest Suburbs area, right? So they call me for, for advice, right? So is that where you focus mainly? Yeah, I, I, I moved to Park Ridge in 1964. <laughs> and oh, wow. we bought our house in 1983, moved in in 1984. And my wife and I have been in the same house since 1984. Wow, yes. that's cool. Uh, and so Park Ridge is Park Ridge is about forty percent of our business, thirty-five to forty-five, depending on the year. And all the rest is northwest side of the city, northwest suburbs mostly. But this year, I've sold a house in Antioch, West Chicago, South Loop. So, I mean. My client, you know, you're my client, Tim, and you say, Greg, I'm really interested in Lake Zurich. Let's go. Great. Yeah, I just showed a place in Wayne yesterday. <laughs> okay. Yeah. First time I've ever showed a house in Wayne. I don't know. Beautiful house. You yeah. Know, awesome. Lots of land, everything. Yeah. What's funny, because my wife won't move from our house, right? I see these houses, you know, every day, basically. And early in my career, I used to tell her, hey, Jen, let's, this is a great house. Let's go. She goes, you can go look. I'm not moving. <laughs> I had a guy knock on my door. He goes, the house next door to us was for sale for seven fifty. Yeah, right? right. And he knocks on my door. He goes, Greg, I buy your house seven fifty. I buy the house next door seven fifty. I knock them down. Build beautiful house. I go, George. Let me tell you something. I would sell to you, but my wife will not move. You give me a million dollars, and I'll talk her into it. <laughs> yeah, he laughed just like you did. I'm not kidding. And I may not be able to talk her into it if you give me a million, right? And that's today. If you knock on my door five years from now, I don't know what the new number will be. <laughs> right, right. Your wife and my wife sound like they get along just fine. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we're the, we're the, we're the like this all over the place and they're like this. She's the rock of our family. There's no question. Yeah. She's the, she's our, she's everything for us. So you were a wrestling coach, you're a realtor, and then you were a Spanish teacher. I taught right? Spanish for 36 years. Yeah. Oh, wow. At the high school level. Yeah. So you probably got a, a maybe a different 
worldview than other people, right? Have you have you traveled much? Yeah, well, one of my goals is to visit every Spanish-speaking country in the world. There's 21 of them. I have 19 down, two to go. Oh, Two to go. Yeah. That's cool. Everyone always says, what are the two left? El Salvador, which is not, well, maybe now it's okay, but a year ago it wouldn't have been. But now that they've arrested everybody in the whole country, maybe I could go now. Yeah. But, uh, and Paraguay, which nobody knows about, but I still will go. I'll go to the capital, spend a couple nights, and yeah. So is that how you you push reset? You, You travel? Well, my wife pushes the reset. I'm glad you asked that. That's a great, so I went to Nicaragua just a week and a half ago. And it was my wife who booked the ticket because okay. she saw, well, I don't take any days off and I don't relax and I just go, 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 go. And, uh, and she says, you know, hun, let's, let's, let's go to Nicaragua. Let's get you to Nicaragua. She, she doesn't come with me on most of Cause I backpack and I go to, Oh wow. Yeah. I just so wait, bring, you're doing these solo. Oh yeah. Most of them. Whoa. Some with the family, like my daughters have traveled with me to these places. The whole family traveled with me to several of the places. Um, but on this trip, just backpack, and I was the only foreigner in the areas I went. I was the only one. And so I don't go to the like the the popular spots when I travel to because yeah. I want to immerse myself. As a matter of fact, by the by the the third and fourth night, because I was only there four nights, I was dreaming in Spanish again. So that's how immersed I was. You're you're dreaming in Spanish. Yes. That's how immersed I got. That's yeah. incredible. Like, yeah. My brain's still trying to wrap my head around that as being real, right? Like of just deciding, you know what? I'm going to get on a plane. I'm going to bring a backpack and I'm just going to immerse myself in another country. That's got to be a real reset. You know, some people are going to these commercial Cancun. Oh, you really? Yeah. The the last thing you want, and, and chances are very good because 42 years in the business, 36 years as a teacher, 31 years as a coach, we're talking thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Chances are real good if I go to one of those popular destinations, I'm going to run into a client, former student, former athlete, someone I know, right? So that happens. All the time. Really? We're not, Jenny and I are not allowed to go to dinner practically in Park Ridge or that area because she doesn't get to talk to me. Because everyone says, Greg, Greg, Greg. So we run this commercial at the historic Pickwick Theater. We're the ones who introduce, put your phone away. And I mean, it's a really good clip. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. And uh, I'm at this restaurant in Park Ridge and a little kid is having a birthday party. He goes, daddy, get me a picture with him. He's famous. He doesn't know who I am. The kid was like four or five. So we took a birthday picture with him and everything. I know the parents, so it wasn't like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, you know, I mean, I can't go in that town and, you know, our, this Nick's third generation, his kids are fourth generation Falicos in the town. I mean, you know, now it's over, you know, now there's uh, so that's, that's a, that's what, a, what they call a farm, right? That's where you've got 100%. this, this, this community of people that you've either taught or coached or, you know, been a realtor for, and, and it's probably served you well, you know. How do you keep in touch with these people? How do you, you know, how do you, how do you run your farm? So, Yuval Dagani in Dreamtown. So in in 2015, the end of 2015, we were at Remax. So we were Falico Real Estate. We being my dad and I, because my son obviously is not that old. From 1981 to 1997, we had Falico Real Estate, and then from 97 to 2015, we were at Remax, mm-hmm. and then Nick. My son was getting out of the corporate world and wanted to come be my partner. 
Remax wouldn't do it for him because there's no support and there shouldn't be. It's a hundred percent commission. I mean, what, you know, you yep. pay to go to work there. Right. Yep, right. Um, so I started interviewing and I interviewed everyone. I interviewed the April before they came to Park Ridge. I interviewed at properties before they came to Park Ridge. I interviewed Keller Williams twice. They even invited me down to their convention. Um, yeah. I, I, I interviewed every, Compass when they were only interviewing 20 plus million, if you remember that. That yeah, was back in 2015 or 16 or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I sit down with Yuval Dagani in Dreamtown and I literally signed in a minute and a half with them. Yes. Because they, I already knew they had all the technologies that my son would need and all the marketing and all the branding because that was going to be his focus. I don't even, I didn't even know what that was. I still don't. Okay. I just did it by, by being active for millions of hours. Right. Okay. But, but so I always tell people you had me at Yuval because he met me and he was looking at me like through me, like saying, you have no idea how good we can be together. I can help you be a better broker, a better human, a better, I mean, he was like, and I immediately sensed it and wow. I, and I was right. So we joined Dreamtown. Nick is my partner. We're team Falico. Okay. And we went from 50 or 60 transactions a year at Remax to over 200 at Dreamtown. Mm -hmm. We closed a thousand properties in less than seven years with Dreamtown. Mm -hmm. Wow. But now think about, everybody knows who's in the business knows what that means. Mm -hmm. That means we contracted 1,300. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Well, that's that's incredible. So um, it sounds like your system, you've got systems that are in place. You're, I don't mean to offend when I say this, but I take, I'm, I'm, I mean it as a compliment. You're more old school, like me. Like it's just pick up your phone. Oh yeah, I, I do a, a Connect MLS mailer, mm -hmm. an email mm -hmm. every month. And it's not always business related. It's sometimes an update on my family because in that group of people, 90% mm -hmm. of them know who I am. They know my wife, they know my five kids. They know I have seven grandkids. They know some of them, you know? Oh. So, so I'm able to reach out to them and tell them about, like one of the nicest updates I ever gave them was at the same time, my wife and I celebrated our 40th anniversary Nick and Lindsay, my son and his wife, celebrated their 10th anniversary. Oh, that's sweet. And we were in business for over 50 years, for example. Wow. So what we did was, is we sent out a milestone-like update about, and with pictures of us and our and them and their babies. It was, it was awesome. That's, that's the type of touches we do. Unpacking that, I don't think I've, again, you, you've shared so many nuggets so far that I've never, genu I've genuinely never heard. I didn't even think about the fact that getting someone a home is the most important thing that probably they'll ever do. The biggest financial decision they'll ever make. 90 right? something percent of the time. Yeah. And we, we, we don't want to lose that relationship, but time passes, right? So that you almost don't want to annoy them with just more mortgage stuff or real estate stuff. Cause they don't really care. They bought a house and they're not interested in making a decision. So how do you stay in contact with them? I think it's so cool that you treat them with the that much respect that you're truly updating them on your family. Yeah. Right. And say, my life. this is my life. This yeah. is what's going on with me. And, you know, and if I'm reading that, I'm comparing it to mine, like, oh, grandchildren. Oh, well, here's here's my son. Right. And and you just you, you build that relationship 
in a, in a completely sincere way. That's well, like you said, that's special. Let them know you're human. Yeah. 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 You go through a lot in your regular life, not just your real estate life, right? Um, just to just to talk about that, about like you know, people love to say to me, I I I like houses. I want to go into real estate. It's not mm -hmm. a not yeah. a house business. It's a people business. Right. Right. Um, the other thing I love when an attorney says, well, that's a big check you got there. I said, well, do you ever work for free? Cause I do all the time. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I don't get paid until it closes. Do you know how many years I've worked with some of my clients? You get paid by the hour. <laughs> You're going to get paid whether anything happens or not. I take that a step further. You've got 42 years of experience. Right. Look, I said this to an agent, and uh, I won't share their name out of just respect. Sure. I was involved in a transaction of my own, right? And I called this person up and said, I want to apologize to you. I had no idea for the last 17 years what you do for a living. Yeah. I had no idea. I always thought a realtor walked in the house and said, this is great. You want to buy this? Sign right here, right? That's not what a real estate transaction. Sometimes it goes down that way. So oh, absolutely. You'll, you'll have a few transactions that are one and done. Yeah. But so the average uh, amount of showings on a listing before it sells in, in, in Team Falico is eight. Okay. okay. Sure. The average amount of houses that you show a person before they buy is way reduced. But why? Because they're doing their work on the internet now. On, right? They're doing it through, you know, whatever, all those sites, realtor.com, Redfin, yeah. whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a funny story. No offense to all the Compass people, but in that interview with Compass, the guy tells me they're going to drop their apps. No one will ever use Redfin again or Zillow. They're going to use just Compass, just the Compass app. And I looked at him and I said, they might add your app but they're not dropping Redfin app. They're not, they're gonna add apps. They're not gonna drop apps. So what do our buyers do? They have 10 apps yeah, on their 10 phone. Yeah, 10 apps on their phone. 20 apps on their phone. And all the notifications. And they're going ping, 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 ping. So here's, that's a great example of what, what sets you apart, right? We were the first to use the PLN. This is going back about five or six years. We were the first. Okay. Team Felico, if you looked at our area, if there were five PLN listings, we had four of them. If there were 15, we had 14 of them. We were the ones. And that was before they let them go into the MLS, right? Yep. To, to, to be able to share it with buyers, right? So to, to be successful in the PLN, you had to actually go into the PLN. Yeah. <laughs> search for properties. Yeah. Tell people about those properties. You had to, you had to be actively looking instead of hoping that some algorithm will reach out to them just think of how you can lose control of your client as, as far as that goes, right? You sure. don't have ever control, but um, you're hoping that they will get a ping and then just call you to show them the house, right? Just think about the dangers of that, Yeah. right? So how many times do brokers hear, what, you bought what, you did what, you bought, yeah, well, you know, I called to see it. And this person said, oh, yeah, come on over. And then we bought it. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. So so we stay ahead of it. So that's another thing I do. I update my buyers. I have a buyer card, an old-fashioned handwritten buyer card. All my buyers are on there. And I check the computer every day for them. 
knowing that they're getting pinged, knowing that they're getting my feed, knowing that they're getting everything. To me, that's not good enough. To me, I've got to stay on top of it. So yeah. anybody listening to this, remember that, right, that this is not something that you can hide behind. This automation, these these things, all these tools that are all new, right? All these things that we get to make our jobs easier. They do. It does. It does. It's great. Like I said, the amount of showings is down because they've already gone through 50 and the computer. So now I only have to show five, right? But now you're learning that you still have to do the work. You need to go out there Absolutely. and do, to learn about these properties learn and, and reach out to your board. Have a conversation. Don't wait for the MLS to send them a ping and then reach out to you and go, okay, I want to see this one. It's probably under contract at that point, right? Look, I mean, I'm, a, I'm a 42-year veteran. I've had great success. Yeah. I'm, you know, one of the top producers in the entire Chicagoland area. And my last appointment last night ended at 8.20. And my first one started at 8 this morning. So I had two appointments before I came here. You had two before you came here? Yeah, wow. one was short. The, the first one at 8 was short. But the showing, 8.30, lasted till about 9.15, and I scooted over. Um, so... It, you know, I told you what my son always says about me. He says, if there's a hard way, my dad is is already doing it, right? But I don't look at those as hard ways to do it. I just look at the one, they're, they're the ways that work best for me, right? The ways that work best for me is to be, to be actively uh, involved in helping my clients all the time, right? My son, when he started in the business, by the way, I have five kids. I keep talking about my son only because this is a real estate thing. Yeah, sure, right. My other kids are awesome. I, I would like to do just a podcast on my kid. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. But, you, but, see, you seem like a very proud father. I, that, that's, oh, they're that unbelievable. Comes across. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, but, my, but my son came to me when he first started in 15, and he said, Dad, I'm going to do 10 million my first year. And I said, no, you're not. And he goes, what do you mean? I go, well, let's say the average price is 800. You only help 12 people, right? You only help 12 people. Why don't you help 50 people at 200,000 to get to your 10 million? Because then you've helped 50 people. So our focus is completely about someone calls for help, you help. I can see the passion as soon as you start talking about it. The coach comes out of you the yeah, yeah. second that you start talking about Because I love when somebody comes at me with, with the wrong goal, right? It's like, you're looking at that the wrong way. Nailed it. You're focused on 10 million. You don't get, we don't know our volume. We, who cares? So you're going to walk a transaction because it's not big enough? Come on. Do you know the one year, people. the one year, I don't know what it was, 21 or 22, whatever year it was, Yuval, the, the owner, goes, Craig, do you realize you're, you're, you're right at a, almost 100 million in sales? Which for some of the city brokers, that's nothing. But for our average price, it's a lot, right? And I go, no, I didn't realize that, nor do I care. Yeah. <laughs> But that's a big number. You know what? One million is a big number if it's for a lot of really good people. You know. But when you're focused on the people, you're focused not on the numbers, the transactions. You're focused on how many people can I help. Yeah. Right? That's something you said earlier yeah. was, I'm not worried about, I'm worried about helping as many people as I can. Absolutely. Do, do you care to expand on that at all? I mean, well, how did you come up so, with that? So, so I, I believe that, you know, you know, I, I don't want to sound corny, but I believe in love, right? hundred yeah. percent. I wouldn't be a teacher. I wouldn't have been a coach if I didn't. Right. Um, and I believe that 
unselfishness is love's foundation, okay? And I really don't care about the deal ever. I even had a broker say, don't you want the deal? I says, is that why you think I do? Mm. Is make deals? Mm -hmm. I don't do that. I, you know what I do? I put, I put, uh, I don't put deals together. I put people in their dreams together. I put people in their house together. I put people and people together. This is the thing I do. So I learned it from my first profession as a teacher and a coach that you really, you know, you walk into a, a classroom as a teacher, and this is important for all of us, for everything. And I have 150 students every day. And I walk in, I'm not allowed to say, you know what, I'm gonna help that one, but not that one. And that I, one's gonna get an A, you're right, gonna get a and, D, and so I I'm think, gonna help and you. And I think that one I might help, let's see how it goes. And I'll definitely help that one. And I don't know about that. No, you walk in, you go, all right guys, I'm here to help. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, it makes my skin crawl when I know we have to use that terminology of deal, right? Cause it's just part of the industry. So it comes out, but I hate when a client hears that, when they hear the word deal, it makes my skin crawl. Cause it, it just, it devalues how important we think these people are like, this is your house. This is where you're going to go put your kids to sleep. Of course. Right. Ugh, this is your house. Right. Deal makes it seem like, you know, you know, you, you, you know, you're on the right track. You know, you've arrived kind of in one phase of this industry when you can fire a client. Yeah. You know, it's true. When you can say, look at you're, you're just not a good person. You know, mm -hmm. and and you're being rude to my team, or you're being rude to the front desk, or you're being rude to me, or you're. Amen. You know, I, I'm sorry, and, and I did that, and a, the guy says, "You don't want my money." No. No. Much. If you thought that that's why I was doing this, you got the wrong guy. Yep. Yep. And then he was so nice, and he tried to get me back, and I didn't. I didn't go back. You know, I didn't because you are who you are, man. You want to hear something funny that I've, I've said in the past? I've had a client come and, and, and challenge, you know, uh, well, what about this lender and this lender and that lender? Oh, yeah. You, we get that all the time. Yeah. I got frustrated. And I said, all right, let's forget about this for a second. Let's forget about your transaction. Why don't you close your eyes? Do me a favor. Close your eyes. You just got a phone call and you got a call from a detective. He says, your son's being charged with murder. Now, I don't think your kid's going to kill anybody, but for the exercise. What's the first thing that you do? Do you go to Groupon to find your attorney? Or do, or, or do you go and you find the, 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 the person that cares about you the most, that treats you with the utmost respect, and, yeah. is, and you find the killer. You find the guy that's going to go in front of the judge and fight right. for your kid. Right. That's me. Right. right. So if you don't see value in me, right. I get it. Oh, I, I understand. Get a, I get a call, the first thing out of the person's mouth, a cold call, let's say. What's your commission? And I answered, did you call the cheapest realtor? <laughs> right. Right. Or did you call the best realtor? Why did you call me? Yeah. And you should, you, the silence is unbelievable. They don't know how to answer that. That's a great point. Because if you called the cheapest realtor, I'm not that guy. Yep. Okay? If you called the best realtor, I'm your man. But when you dive into it, there's a reason for it, right? I mean, there's a whole, there's a whole value. Well, I don't blame them for- 42 years. 40, right? Yeah, I don't blame them for trying, but they tried the wrong guy. Yeah. I mean, they're just my, to my right and to my left are people that will talk to you. Who has been your mentor in your life? If you had to think of one mentor that jumps out at you, who do you who, who do you think of? Well, obviously, my late father, who died in 04, he, so my dad gave me the 
the love and passion that I have. So if, like, he would pick up this glass case and he'd go, isn't this the most unbelievable glass case you have ever seen in your life? Look at this writing. Look at, oh, feel the texture. Oh, my, you know, and that's how I do everything. It's a, I, with my grandkids, too. I find something on the ground. I say, look at how great this is. That's one. But the other is Dennis McCann. We coached together. So I wrestled at Loyola Academy. That's where I went to high school. And uh, he was the head coach at Gordon Tech. And they, the, that's no longer, but Gordon Tech was our, one of our rivals. And I just was inspired by how this guy, you know, coached. And then I ended up being his assistant coach from 1982 to, what was the year, 1997. And then we flipped. And then he was my assistant. Oh, we wow. were just always co-coaches. So we coached together for 30 years. Yeah. And so uh, he was the perfect compliment to me, kind of like my son is in this business, right? Wow. Uh, so I'm the fire. I'm the juice. I'm the, you know, uh, I'm one of those guys that, you know, believes in the thing. Uh, I'm know. very proud of that offer that we put up. You know, I mean, that's that's yeah. a, that's such a good way to put Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. It, it, I, I, I like to say, ask it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission on yeah. some things. I'm one of those guys. Yeah. So nine out of 10 times, that's a great way to be. But every once in a while, you really should probably think about it or you really should probably step sure. back and take your time. Dennis was that for me. You know, obviously my wife is, you know, like that for me. So, so he taught me about how, how to love, how to win, um, uh, how to lose, <laughs> which is actually very important, uh, and how to err on the side of the people you care about, right? Err on the side of the student, err on the side of the athlete, err on the side of the client. Yeah, That's the place you want to make a mistake is doing your intentions mm -hmm. are good, right? Yeah. And so, so I have passion and good intentions. That's kind of like the basis of the business. You know? So before we wrap up, I, I just want to, you know, I want to dive into what your thoughts are for a, a realtor that's listening to this. Like if they want, if you wanted to give them advice, maybe they're struggling, maybe they're trying to figure out market, maybe they're trying to figure out where they want to go with their career. What advice do you have for them listening to you? What, what would you say to them after 42 years of being in this industry? Well, I would say that, uh, you know, Love is the answer, you know, be unselfish and have a great attitude and a great work ethic, right? The two things you can control, you know, and you'll be a success, but what is success? You know, I mean, I'm in the smallest house on my block. I think I'm the most successful guy on my block. Well, you are. I, mean I think I am. I mean, as long as I believe that, what's, you know, I got my wife, my kids, my grandkids. But that has nothing to do with money. Well, I know. Eyes, right? Of course. Right? I mean, of course. Yeah. What other people say and do have, have nothing to do with your success, really. It's really, it's really about you, you know. Um, so I would say to them those things, you know, be passionate, put others first, outwork everybody. That's a key in anything that you do. And of course, have a great attitude. 
Well, you've you've inspired me, and I'm sure you've inspired others. I really appreciate you spending the time with great, us today. Tim. Thank you Thanks. so much. Good, great hanging out. Thank with you, great. buddy. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you. <laughs>